Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome back to part two of the Stompcast. I'm here with Tom. We're just having a wander in Marlow. It's a beautiful day. It's a crisp autumn. Um, I'm not going to even try and repeat the description of the five senses because it was too good. So if you haven't listened to part one yet, go and listen to that. Uh, if not, if you have already listened, then welcome to part two. Thank you to our sponsors this week, FitFlop. FitFlop has an uncompromising mission to empower us to move better and feel great, which, as you'll know by now, is so closely aligned with the Stompcast. I've been wearing the Vitamin FF throughout the shooting for Stompcast, and to be honest, for ages before, and they've really kept me feeling uh, supported and comfortable with their lightweight feel and contoured soles. What you might not know about FitFlop is they have an in-house biomechanist, Dr. Kim, who tests all of their shoes, sandals, trainers, and boots to make sure they align with our body's natural movement. That way, we can move better and move freely. Not to mention, all of their models are tested in the same labs that top performance brands use to test their shoes, so you can really trust that they're going to serve you well. If you're on the lookout for a new pair of trainers, as I said, I've been loving the Vitamin FF while recording the Stompcast, or any other style of footwear, just head to fitflop.com. I cannot recommend them high enough. I can honestly say they are my favourite pair of trainers I've ever owned. Tom, I'd like you to take me back. We've talked actually about dealing with the problem solving, uh, the challenges you have with multiple businesses, getting through the good times and the bad. But let's go back a bit, because if you actually think about it, there's probably a handful of chefs or maybe two handfuls in the UK that have kind of done what you've done. You know, there's a huge number of chefs out there that, you know, working uh, really, really long hours in a really, really tough industry. And I just wonder, like, how did all of this happen? You know, because you've gone all the way to, I think, being one of the most popular, favourite chefs in the UK, one of the most successful. How, how, does, that, how does that happen? Uh, it's all a blag. And I just, <laughs> and I, and I just say yes humble. to everything. <laughs> like, so I walk into a kitchen as an 18-year-old and I'm very, very lucky. And I recognise, I, I, I know that I'm one of the luckiest people alive because as an 18-year-old, an industry grabbed me. And not many people have that. Mm. When you're 15, 16 and you're worrying about your GCSEs, but you don't know what you want to do, or you're doing your A-levels and you want to go to university, but you're not quite sure what study, what, what you're going to study because, you know, you've got your future in front of you. And, you're like, and people, if, if you don't know what you want to do, those early years are quite you can feel quite lost, even if you're, mm. you know, academically quite bright and you're doing quite well. I wasn't academically strong. I was practical. I wanted to go and do stuff straight away. And when I walked into a kitchen as an 18 year old, I suddenly went, it's great. This is amazing. This is where I want to be. This is the space. So, and it was eight. Was that the foot when you're 18? I, I, did you have an interest in cooking earlier? Was food an interest? Or was it really no, 18? Like this I is... mean, I was always, I've always been interested in eating, but actually going into a kitchen, I went there to wash up. So you walk in there and you start washing up and just that, there's an incredible energy about hospitality. It's an electric vibe in a kitchen and there's, there's a buzz and it's, 
full of naughty boys and girls with fire and flames and knives and late nights and you just sounds like chaos <laughs> organized chaos yeah, organized yeah. Chaos. and then when you finish you get to the pub and you're just like this is great so it's just i just went this is this is a great environment i love it and then i realized you know i started becoming intrigued and i recognized that i was i was all right at it i wasn't the one getting lots of things wrong i was getting lots of things right touch feel getting cooking is very sensual uh, the sound of things frying in a pan, the energy, the space, learning that environment, becoming attuned to a space that not many people know or recognise that they're in, I thoroughly enjoyed. And then all I wanted to do is get better at it, get quicker, stronger, faster, work harder, become more consistent at everything that I wanted to do. And then I suppose from there it was a case of moving from the West Country into, into London, um, and being in those kind of faster-paced kitchens, getting the tube late at night. And what age were you then when you came in? 20, 21 probably. So you did a couple of years of kind of building. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Moved into London, early 20s. And then you're in London in 1994. Oasis. <laughs> yeah, that, that energy, yeah. kitchen, hard kitchens, smoking, drinking, playing. That kind of, there was just a real gritty 1990s, Brit pop, pop culture that I loved being a part yeah. of. And was that, and so when you say drinking, was that part of the culture in the kitchen as well, or was it kind of no, drink? never in a kitchen. So it was work hard, play hard, kind of thing. Was yeah, it kitchens are too professional. Yeah, they're like you know you can't. It's well old machine. You cannot isn't it? You be can't good. Have, yeah, yeah, you cannot be good at achieving stuff if you're drinking throughout service. It yeah. just doesn't happen. So the better kitchens you're in, the harder the environment, the sharper, the tighter the more correct everybody is at doing what they do. It's the after stuff, it's the, it's the letdown afterwards. It's that massive come down of this adrenaline push. That's when it all kind of kicks in. That's where it, it, you have that kind of release of energy where I think people, I mean, it's an industry that's synonymous with mental health problems, mm. alcoholism, mm -hmm. drug addiction. And, and it's because you're already in that environment. You're in that late night environment. Is, it, that, is that almost, can I say, a dopamine-fueled environment? Huge. Buzz, like, yeah. bam, let's just do it. We've got 40 cups, we've got all this, right, bam, 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 bam. You're constantly risk-reward, risk-reward. Like, you're trying to get something done, and then your brain is firing off these kind of, like, we did it, we made it, the pressure, Massive, got it. adrenaline, dopamine-fueled, like, uh, creative, aggressive, hard, fast, quick, you know, noise, energy. It's, it is really quite a big... Yeah, so you get this massive high... And then slight, you know, that come down bit afterwards, where do you collapse afterwards? How do you... It's almost like a, it's almost just reminds me of like stage performers. And I, 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 the nearest I can say is kind of, um, you know, almost like with a similar feeling actually with any &E shift, honestly. Like you're running around, it's kind of... I actually before, have, um, I, well, I went on the Celebrity MasterChef, I wasn't particularly great at it, but I went and did the, the kitchen stage. We were cooking the kitchen and I was just like, oh my God, this is really, this is just like A&E. And I was like, what are you talking about? I was like, no, but it is because you're... You're running around and you're, you're like, bam, bam, let's fix this, let's do that, let's do this. And it's like that pressure. And when you're done, you get this huge endorphin rush of like, bam. But then you do get that little bit of a slump of tiredness after. You come home, so come home, it's come home from A&E and be like, God, I'm almost flat almost. Because you have that huge rise and then you're like, oh. And then, and then you've got to pick yourself up and get back in again in another five hours time, six hours time. So that come down bit is very short and sharp and hard and fast. So if you're going to... It's not like, you know, if you're going to go out and have a few beers, 
you've only got a small amount of time, so you cram it all in. You get it done. So you drink and party as hard as you've done service as hard. Yeah. And then you sleep as hard as you can for four and a half hours, and then you get up again and you go and do it all again, and it just becomes this kind of, I Cycle? suppose, perpetual, yeah, like this drive of energy. This, I mean, clearly unhealthy, but it's also like, it's incredible once you're on it, you're in it, you're on it, and you, you feel that kind of like ball of just like chaotic energy. And I, I, I mean, I fell in love with that. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then almost, I guess that our brains are really wired to do so, right? Because everything in your brain is saying, oh, this is great, this is great. And how, how did you, with all of that going on, how did you make the leap to then add in going to the next level and going to the point where you're like right i'm now gonna you know have my own kitchen and all of a sudden you've got one after the other and you're doing the tv and you're doing the books like how how did that process come about and how did you handle it with with well we'll do it with doing that well we opened the hand of flowers um both myself and my wife so my wife's an artist she she runs her own world her own life as well so we run very parallel lives that are connected um but best still very much in the business but she said she would come out of the studio and give us um, a couple of years to try to set up a restaurant or a pub where we could do something that was, um, where we could get to the point where I could cook and she could make uncompromised art. And that was it. That, that's Amazing. all we wanted to do. That's it. Cook and make uncompromised art. So we opened the Hand of Flowers and that, that was before any television. We won a mission star in its first year, won oh, its second star in 2011. But 2010, I competed in Great British Menu, 2009, 2010. And, um, I remember that. I remember and and it won it. Well. And, you know, I was very fortunate that I won it. But so, so then the world of television has suddenly become part of it. And I quite enjoyed... The thing about the world of TV is you'll know that when you get into it, it's very similar to hospitality. Yeah. You know, you start as a runner on the bottom. You don't like, yeah. like a commie chef. Yeah. You don't earn very much money. You've got all the, you've got all the rubbishy jobs. You've got all the whatever yeah. else. And, you know, it has a structure to it. But I liked very much being a part of somebody else's industry that I didn't yeah. understand, that I yeah. don't know. That you start, I get that some of you, you're actually. learning something new, and I like that. It yeah. was like, okay, so, you know, I'm learning something new. This is great. Let's be a part of it and see where it goes. And so it, it, it all starts to tie in. And then we, we kept driving the hand of flowers to try and get better and better ever, all the time, uh, which we... <laughs> We, which was driven by this kind of like energy of drive it, work hard, get to that point, get a release, and walk away from it again, and, and then do it again the next day. So coping with it all, I don't think we'd have been able to drive the hand and flowers to the point of where it's got to, and that business where it's got to, if I didn't have that chaos in my life. Yeah. Like I needed that giant creative energy yeah but i also needed the i also needed the release of that kind of energy and that drive which is where i think the alcohol came into it so without it we wouldn't be here mm. so i don't regret it so is, it, is it different because it's a it's interesting listening to you because there's clearly you got um if you don't mind me saying this there's different hats with or different points of view you have and it's clearly the bit you're like that was part of the process but also it feels like you're like Yes, it's part of the process, but it's not forever, or it couldn't go on forever. Is that is that fair? Yeah, that's a hundred percent right. I, it was, it was massively a part of my life, and is a huge part, and it still is part of my life. I mean, I, I own pubs. 
Yeah. You know, I yeah. sell it, you know, I'm, yeah, yeah. and I'm passionate about the people that make yeah. it, the yeah. brewers, the winemakers, the whatever else, the, the distillers, except it's just not something that I know I can be a part of. It's something that I've gone, the way I kind of view it is I go, right, if you live to 75 years old, you've got, you got that amount of booze that you can drink <laughs> till you're 75. Do you feel like you've done it? Yeah, I did it. I did, I did it all by the age of 39, yeah, yeah, yeah. 40. Because you had your 40th birthday was the turning point. Is that right? Could you yeah, talk to us I, about that? That was it. It was approaching my 40th birthday and I thought, I've got to make a change here because if I don't, I won't make 50. Mm. And you just go, okay, I've got to do something. And I know like, there's no such thing as a glass of wine. There's no such thing as a beer. And there never was. It was always yeah. about this release of just chaos and mayhem. And, and, and I, don't, I don't regret it. Nah. I do a bit because sometimes I feel that I've let myself down to the point that I can't enjoy a glass of wine on holiday or a gin and tonic watching the sunset or a, you know, or a beer with the boys at football. Or, but it's just, I just can't do it because I know that there is no such thing. In my, my brain does not hold. Everything I do is quite excessive. Like everything I do is just... You either all is it all or nothing? Hundred percent, like every every single thing, like. And how did you feel? I've always really interested because I, I myself um, have really cut back on the amount of alcohol that I that I drink, and I, I've definitely noticed that it's really improved my things like sleep, my um, I say attention, but kind of my I guess how much I enjoy the things I'm doing. I'm always very high, like I've diagnosed recently with ADHD, and that I think that's just part of me. But I feel like the the alcohol can really take that part away sometimes. And I've, I've definitely found a benefit, and particularly my weight, actually. You know, personally, I think the alcohol, like not drinking anyone as much, really helps with, with weight and things. Yeah, I mean, it How, is What just... did you note? What was like in the notes the first few weeks and months? Because you, is it nine years now? You've nine, since... nine, yeah, nine, nearly ten so years. what did you notice in the first few weeks? And then like, yeah, over time, are there things like in yourself, physically, mentally? The pros and cons, I guess, I'm interested in. Well, you're, you're very worried, right? So every day, every night, every, every single day, I would be on it, right? Every day. Yeah. So the moment you take something out of your life that you do every day... There's a hole. There's a huge hole. But you also fear that that's become your personality. That's who you are. Right? So you think that all your friends or the people that are around you, you think that that's who you are. And there are certain people in your life that that is who you are. But they're not the ones that actually are, any, are important. They're not the, the actual friends. When you say to your friends, I have to mm. stop drinking because otherwise I'll die. Yeah. They go, yeah, of course, about time you yeah. said that, right? <laughs> Great, let's yeah. make sure. And those are the people that all of a sudden... You know who your friends are, they? Yeah, exactly. And you realise then that there's a huge part of your life that disappears. But you have to find, you find new things. You find walking the dogs. You find going to the cinema. You find actually going out for something to eat rather than just going to the pub and getting battered yeah. are different things in your life that you start enjoying. And I, I mean, my, my life, I, I wouldn't be here. My son wouldn't be here. We wouldn't have businesses. People wouldn't be employed. People wouldn't be married with wow. their own kids if I hadn't stopped drinking. Because it would have Gosh, either that, been one I thought of it. I hadn't thought of it that way because I guess your capacity for, um, and clearly we careful not to kind of uh, glorify being too productive because I think there's that there is such a toxic productivity but like certainly it's allowed your space to do more of what you love and actually in that has in turn helped people live right have have jobs have families allow them to do their passions and the people that work under you so it's wider than just you isn't it absolutely yeah I, but you're right I have filled that huge gap that chaotic gap with with business with work with 
with, with creative ideas or with weightlifting or with swimming or with whatever it is at that point that I'm deciding that I'm doing. I filled it with other stuff. And that wouldn't happen if it was still just about lager. Mm. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. Talk to me, talk to me about um, your the mental health side of things. Like, did you notice an improvement? Did you find that it was hard? Because some people say they, they they felt really bad on drinking too much alcohol. They stop, but at first, actually, it's really hard with your mental health because you're having this readjustment time, and then it kind of picks up. Like, is, does that reflect how you feel? Yeah, I th- I don't really know. I don't. See, I was always a very happy drunk. I mm. thoroughly enjoyed, like, the process of uh, of it, and but I thoroughly enjoy the process of being alive and being that person. And <laughs> my life is very it is very different now to ten years ago. I, I'd be very lucky as well, George. I've, I've always been quite a positive outlook on mm. everything that I do, and you always think. So, I, I'm very conscious. I'm very lucky that the fact that people will suffer from depression. Yeah. People will suffer from any form of mental illness, whether it's an eating disorder or addiction. Mm. I understand the addiction issue. The rest of it, I know, I, I just haven't had that experience. Mm. I've always got this positive outlook, which, I mean, that may well change at some point, yeah. but I'm very lucky that everything that I've done has always been about actually, do you know what, this is, what's the worst can happen? Let's just do it, say yes to it. Is it good fun? Let's just go. And that's from an early age right through to now. How, how do you deal with, or have you had much pressure? Because, I mean, you talked about being the culture of hospitality and after work. Is it hard to then separate? Because, you know, you built all these friends around that. Presumably a lot of people around you are finishing work and still going for a drink or whatever. How do you go, do you know what? I'm, I'm not drinking. Do you, do you kind of stay and join in and not have a drink? Or do you remove yourself? Because I think there'll be a lot of people listening to you from the hospitality industry, probably in that similar point, and go, do you know what? I'm going to do the same thing. But it isn't that easy, is it? No, it's not that easy. Um... A lot of the boys will still go for drinks on a Friday, Saturday night after service. They'll still go on their days off. They still, and listen, I, I, listen. There's absolutely that's making it sound like drinking is no, bad. No drinking judgment. is great. There's no you know, judgment. People can, who are completely in control of it. That social environment, going out, letting your hair down, having yeah. a great time. Yeah, yeah. It, it's brilliant. It's amazing. If it didn't exist, I wouldn't be in business. Yeah, yeah sure, you sure. Know, it's kind of, <laughs> absolutely. So, so keeping check of it for me, I have to go. Okay, I'm not that person. I can turn it now. Also, because you're business owner and leader. I can go to the pub, I'll buy everyone a round of drinks and then disappear. Yeah. Like I, I can go there and be there and go. I don't, the moment that people have started having a few beers, that's when it starts becoming slightly awkward. I'm not in the same mindset as yes, them. They're sure. in a different, they've, they've, they've gone into a different space, which yeah. is great, but it's I'm not, not the same in it. space. So yeah. that's the point where I just go, do you know what? Let's go home and watch something on Netflix. Yeah. Or, you know, well, like, like something else. Or go. Well, I think some people, I think especially, I think particularly, you know, I'm in my early 30s, I think my generation was also quite a peak booze-related culture. Medical school was all about working hard, drinking even harder and partying. Yeah. Uh, and the hospital culture was very, very similar. So it, I think a lot of people around my age find it difficult because they think, oh, well, if you stop drinking, I'm giving up the fun. But yeah. I do, I feel like, yes, you might give up the later nights, you don't have to. You might get the lady nice, but you'll take with your other hand. You'll gain in other ways. Exactly. You'll be up early in the morning, exactly. enjoying yeah. things, being active, taking on hobbies that you didn't do before. But that when you woke up with a thick head in the morning, thought, "Oh, do you know what? I'm going to sleep till ten o'clock." You've missed out on. That. So you, you don't truly steal from both hands, and if you do, you burn out, don't you? Yeah, that, that is exactly that. You don't. That that's the point where you fear that you're missing out on stuff by not going out and partying you can party without having to be battered 
But I gotta be honest, if you're young, right, and you're in your 20s and you're in your, do, go and do it. You experience it, have fun. Like, go to festivals, sleep in tents. Do you know what I mean? I, 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 that's all part of life and part of living. It's all part of doing stuff and growing up with it. But also recognize what that's doing. Is it good? Is it bad? Has it got control of you? Where do you, you have to find those balance and you'll only find, no matter what I say, no matter what you say to anybody that's listening to this or you write it down or they read it in a book, you only learn from life experience. Yeah. Like you can only gain from mistakes, right? We, we talked about it as business earlier that you go, you know, none of it is failure. They're all just life's learning curves. And I think it's, it's a lot easier to say that as someone who's approaching 50, who's been through a lot. I've lived a life, like I've done a lot, you know. There's a few lives, I'd say. Yeah, done all yeah, sorts. yeah. Done all sorts. We've made money, we've lost money. Like we've done, we've, we've drank, we've not drank. We've been well over 30 stone now. We're not, we're, that, like there's all sorts of, like I've been through huge processes, a massive journey. And it's a lot easier to say as a reflective point of view but you only learn from it by doing it. Now, I don't mean anyway, I wouldn't suggest anybody does anything as excessive as the way that I've yeah. done things, because it clearly isn't yeah. healthy. And also, obviously, be careful. Anything you're putting in your body, just be careful. Um, you know, it's, there's lots of, you hear lots of horrible things about spiking and drugs and all those kind of things at the moment. Just be careful, that's all. You know, live life, have fun, but just be as careful as you can. Exactly that, be, be careful, be wary, be conscious of what's going on, but at the same point, Learn from it all. You you only gain from experience. And I, like, but that could be anything. Saying yes, going into a go into a room, go into a party that you've been invited to. You don't want to go. Go into a big posh do that you think. Oh my god, I got to dress up. I can't be bothered. To. But you go and do it. You never know who you meet. Go Are you the person that's like, do you know what? I can't be bothered with this, but I'll get dressed full out, or you try and get away with not dressing up. I've worked very dress. hard my whole career to not have to wear a suit. Like, <laughs> like, good, like yeah. I, I, honestly, there is, n I couldn't think of anything worse than a shirt and tie. Yeah, like, it's just same. my worst I nightmare. hate it. I hate it. I love just, I, I, I don't really kind of like the formality of certain things. I don't think it makes you any better than anyone else you wear a suit, you know. So. I, absolutely. Mm. I say, honestly, I have this argument with people loads of times. So the managing director of our company and the executive chef, they used to have to wear suits and whatever else that they were wearing as well. But how many people will buy a cheap suit from a shop that is ill-fitting, yeah. looks really bad, just because it's a suit with a shirt and a tie <laughs> does not make you look yeah, smart. Do you I know what I mean? It, it makes you look like you found it in a bin and you're going to court. That's what like, I... It's kind yeah. of like, come on. What you do? Like, Back to the lawyers again. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. But you could spend... Like way more money oh on a pair of jeans and a smart t-shirt and you look sharper, you look cleaner, you look more, more professional. You look, like I want to come and work for you then, that sounds <laughs> great. I know. That's what I really enjoyed about the whole, I tell you what's one pro at going to A&E is you get scrubs every day, it doesn't matter. Honestly, you're, you're matter working you're in pajamas, yeah. honestly. It's absolutely fantastic. I think there are many cons to working in the NHS, but that's certainly one of the, one of the positive sides. Yeah. You mentioned uh, weight loss. I'm very interested in male body image because in this country at the moment, there are around a million people that either use or have used anabolic steroids to look a certain way. We're growing up in a culture where, let's be honest, it's not just women that have pressure to look a certain way. I think more than ever, it's men too. And like, you know, we used to have popular uh, fitness magazines once a month that you'd see with a body type on it. And that was it. And okay, that probably put me in pressure to try and look a certain way. but 
kids now, 12, 13, 14 year olds, are looking at everything they're seeing in front of their hands and telling them, look this way, be this certain way, this is what it means to be a man, and, and so on. What is your relationship with your own body? Has that changed? And what do you think for, you know, you talked about your son. Do you worry about the next generation in that sense? Oh, yeah, I mean, yes and yes and no. Yeah, so I've always been, I was always the fat kid at school. I was always the big lad. I was always, but that, the more I've learned about things and understanding people's metabolisms are different. The yeah. way, what people eat affects them in different ways. It, you know, you could eat, someone could eat pizza. He's old, like my brother is six foot five his whole life he's eating rubbish food he's only started getting better he's 43 years old right and then you just go okay he's he, he's got to that point but, but he's always been tall and thin yeah. eating rubbish me first one bag of crisps and that's it i'm done do you know what i mean it's just uh, like same here. so you go okay well you, you learn more about it it's not just there's more to it than just you know what you eat it's actually what you're eating affects you as different people like everybody is different but i've never ever been um conscious of being the big guy i've always recognized i was a big guy I've, but i've not been worried about it i was never i had an ultimate confidence mentally i think mm. that worked that the, that came through thing, that it? came through um things like playing sport or going to a youth theater yeah. when i was at, yeah, like just being able to talk to people i, I think you then realize that there's so much more to, so much more to, to, to a person than that. Yeah, exactly. And then when you go to the gym, like I go, I try and go, I don't know, five times a week. And there's people there that, are, you know, that, you know, that are absolute like Adonis-like bodies. But actually when you talk to them, they've got more psychological hang-ups than oh, you'd ever yeah. dream of. And you think, well... Well, I, I'm glad you said that. I mean, I, I remember I was talking to someone only a few months ago and he said, I said, oh gosh, you know, you're obviously, you train, you know, if you train very hard, you'll... He was in massive shape and he was like, oh, well, actually, yeah, but to be honest with you, I think I don't like my arms quite thin. The guy's arms were about 20 inches. And I was like, yeah. so he, but he was genuinely looked in the mirror and felt his arms were thin. And uncomfortable. And I was like, oh, yeah. my gosh. And he's actually conscious of that fact. And you realise, and I'm not grouping everyone into it, there's a lot of people who are in uh, a certain shape, very muscular physique, that are very comfortable with that and very much chill with their bodies. But there are also a lot of people who feel that they have to look like that or even get there and it still doesn't make them happy. And then what do you do then when you're in this shape? And I had, you know, abs for the love island, all that kind of stuff. It didn't make me happy. But if my happiness was pinned on that, where do you go then? Yeah, it, it, it's scary. Not, it, it is quite scary. And I just think what I found is, so when I first lost loads of weight, I was in a swimming pool and the big, that was like one of the biggest, most conscious things. So if you're a bloke that's 40 years old, approaching mm. 40, that's over... 30 stone what's it you're you're basically in your pants getting in a swimming pool it's like the most like yeah. exposed you're thing ever exposed, isn't it? Like, you're not ever more exposed than that no really. so you're just like right okay so i've got to get on with this and i'll go and do it so you just go right i've just got i've face up to it and i'll get on with it Gosh, and still yeah. now i'm con I, so i went through i lost loads of weight right ended up looking quite thin up top then I change what I do, change the way I train because I go, okay, actually, what do I want to do? How do I want to train? Yeah. What do I want to do? Well, let's try some weightlifting. Let's try and do, what can I do? And then you start attacking numbers and you think, oh, I want to try and get to that amount. <laughs> yeah. Well, then you start recognizing, but also, like I said before, I'm, I'm nearly 50, not nearly 30. So you go, there's certain things that your body can and can't do at that age, irrespective. It's got wear and tear, yeah, right? You're, you're 50, so there's certain things that you're better at. So why don't we do those? Do I enjoy going to the gym? I absolutely love it. And you go, all right, so those are the bits. So I think those pressures that are put on 
male and male body image and they're there they exist but i think from uh, from a training point of view and doing what you want to do point of view i think you should just get to the point of finding what you enjoy doing rather than thinking about what you should look like now my little man's six years old and he plays football uh he plays rugby he does all sorts of bits and bobs and they're at the, but he's a big lad he's like me he's big mm-hmm. and he looks i mean he looks eight nine ten rather than six mm. And he is big. so he plays football on a Saturday, and I don't think he'll go again because there's lots of kids that are little, sharper, quicker. It's all about running at that point. And he's yeah. like, "But I'm not very fast, yeah. and they're better than me." But then the following day, yeah, he does rugby, and he feels in and his all own. of a sudden he's just like wins player of the week. Yeah, does yeah, the, yeah. he does jujitsu two or three times? There's a real to- lesson in that, isn't it? It's like do look at do what, a what you enjoy, but also do what kind of works for you. We are all yes. built. Everyone's so different. Like I, I, I'm personally, I'm six foot four. I quite like doing short distance running. I'm not made for long distance running. I'm, you know, even when I'm at my slimmest, I'm still 15, 16 stone. It, it's tough for me to run yeah. that distance. It's an obvious yeah. thing. If you weigh nine stone and you're running, <laughs> it's harder, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I generally try and stay. I, I've been working through finding out what I like as well. And I like, do you know what? A, walking is one of my favourite. I literally love walking, um, hence we're doing this. Um, and I also like things like swimming and weightlifting. Same, similar to you, I, I, quite, I get a kick out of doing it. So just look for the things you enjoy. And actually, you might hate weightlifting. Fine. Yeah. Just find whatever you like. Do something else. Do squash. Do, do whatever, whatever you like. Know. Like, so this is what I was trying to explain. And this is as a six-year-old that I'm trying to get into. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah, whatever. okay, that kid can run fast. But actually... You'll be better in than that. Yeah, and jiu-jitsu. Yes, I got in last night, and he, it was just before his bedtime, and he was absolutely buzzing. And he'd just come back from his jiu-jitsu class, and he'd beaten someone two years older than him wow. with a higher belt than him that he pinned them to the floor wow. and he's like yeah it was amazing and all of a sudden you go look this is what you're built you're yeah. built different yeah you're not built for running quick that's fine stop fighting it, your own body yeah, 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 your yeah, genetics you don't, and harm, you don't use what you conform have. to no. that type no be don't happy care about with the what you do yeah, yeah exactly exactly don't care about the fans. And so that is it but that's something we're trying to get into as a six-year-old yeah you know, but, so it, but that's the about... time. Now is the time. It's exactly why I wrote uh, my children's book, A Better Day is Aimed at Young People, for that exact reason. Because I think there is an opportunity when people, when kids are young, before the ha- bad habits or bad mentality start, you can get in there and go, do you know what? Celebrate this about yourself. Don't worry about that. Or focus on this, do you know? Thanks once again to our sponsor this week, FitFlop. Remember, if you want to stomp in utmost comfort with shoes that are powered by science, head to fitflop.com and bag yourself a pair of supercharged footwear, whether you're shopping for men or women. I'm going to say a huge thank you. Uh, we're finishing part two here. I think it's a great note to, to finish on. Thank you to everyone that's been walking through part two. I hope you've enjoyed it. We have some horses approaching through the forest. We're having a right treat today, aren't we? So we might have some ASMR. We'll finish with some ASMR, and I'll see you in part three. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.